podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm adjusting. Justice Raji, what's happening, my brother? Oh, man, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful day in Zamunda. Right. So, uh, coming together, I uh, wanted to start off the day. I mean, it might be a little late for some, but, you know, time is when, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Mo better move. <laughs> um, time is when. God, time is when. <laughs> time is when, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, uh, I want to start out with discussing, just shit, talking a little bit about Michael K. Williams, um, you know, and his passing recently um and his, his impact and just you know just some thoughts and around the, the, the situation um i mean the place I, i'll start out with for those that don't know you know most folks think of him most prominently if you know him as an actor uh as you know omar from the wire which was is i think one of the the greatest characters in tv drama you know history just from the complexities of what it was but also how well he performed <laughs> that character you know i mean not just like right know, like right. everything about it um is just you know a ill ill situation um and um you know unfortunately at least and i think and i and actually i think it's actually good kind of respectfully um some of the different posts, you know, things did not, they weren't, were not graphic in terms of the nature, you know, of his passings, you know, outside that, that it, you know, possibly related to, you know, his, his own challenges with drug addiction, um, you know, through his life. And he, he had been very um, vocal um, in his own you know, arc and time about, you know, how addiction impacted, you know, his experience and, and those things that hopefully as a, as a, as a, in the, or in the, what do you say in the service to um helping others uh, but to to a person um across the board anywhere that i've been able to read something um people who met him and other you know through their own works met him or engaged with him you know it seems like he you know he was he was not just a, a great performer and a great creative mind but he was also a great person <laughs> to people um, that, that people right. really cared for him, um, you know, and, and, you know, as much as sometimes we think about, you know, creative performance in terms of like stars, right? Like, you know, the biggest, you know, what makes movies and shows and storytelling in that format great is that the actors involved all are, can carry their, their weight, <laughs> right? And right, come in right. A presence in the stage. And, 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 and it is a, a unique and um you know beautiful thing when someone you know can 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 get you to see see something <laughs> through the eyes of um you know uh of the character they're playing and and it can pull you in so 
Um, so you know, props and love, respect to to his family, him, those that knew him well. Uh, but I did want to share a little bit on you know what was some just some thoughts that came to you, you know, with his passing that uh, you thought were salient. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just to add on, I think um, two two thoughts kind of emerged, um, and then a, a third kind of trailing thought. The first one, you know, again, you know, his acting skills and and you know how well he acted um, is kind of central to why we're talking about him. But also, I think you know, from a bigger zoomed out perspective, there's this conversation in the black community that I think we need to, it, it kind of brought me back to this conversation about substance use, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it's almost like a conversation that with a lot of our other challenges is obscured, right? Like mm-hmm. we're talking about poverty, we're talking about this, we're talking about cannabis legalization, we're talking about you know the child tax credit, you know, we're talking about like all these things. Um, and even sometimes we don't talk about people selling substances in our community quite as much, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we know there was a time where that was like, that was the central thing. If you look, things have moved more to people being murdered and that mm-hmm. being the central public safety challenge of our time, right? Mm-hmm. Where we know that at a time, one of the big public safety challenges alongside murders was the actual substance use right Mm -hmm. and what that looks like and so i think that's been obscured and i think that this this phenomenon or scourge depending on your you know terms of language of fentanyl has brought and needs to bring that back into our community's vision from a public health perspective Mm -hmm. because like it was almost one thing when it was showing up in very particular things that we think black people don't do. Right. So there's this idea of like what drugs and it's, and it's, Amer- it's amazing how race in America functions. Right. Because it's like there are drugs you think black people don't do. Right. Like you think black people don't take meth. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you, you think, you know, black people don't take heroin anymore. They just take codeine. And you you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Different mm-hmm. opioids to mimic the 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 you know the impact or mimic the heroin-like feeling. And mm-hmm. so because we have that idea, I think for a long time it was like, okay, here's these opioids that are happening, they're being laced with something, and then frankly, white people are dying, right? You know, mm-hmm. families who we had never saw, you know, folks now have a scourge of opioids in their families and they're dying and things like that because then they're going from the opioids, they're going from the -the over-the-counter drugs and headed to some of the harder stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We don't think about that, yes, there are Black people who are are still taking heroin in a variety of forms, right? That is not something that is out of vogue (laughs) in our community because we've moved on to cannabis, right? or because young people have been, I would argue, lured into the idea of Percocets, codeine, and whatever have you, which we have we have in some way acted, act, we in some way frame that to take a perk and to have want to have a heroin-like feeling is in some way cooler <laughs> than just taking heroin, 
Mm, mm-hmm. I'm not right. an advocate of any of them, but let's be clear with the history of it, right? And you know, growing up in Philadelphia, you become very clear about the history of, you know, I would say, and this is not like something I wear with a, a badge of honor, but we're probably the, you know, along with Houston, the home of, you know, what yeah. people call pancakes and syrup and just that whole culture, right? Mm-hmm. But no one should that came from folks who were doing heroin, moving off of methadone and, and then becoming addicted to methadone and then moving to codeine and cold sievers and perks. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it just was heroin, two things removed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we have a youth culture that wants like heroin like responses. So we don't talk about heroin. And then we see stuff like Michael K. Williams. So then it just kind of brought it back to me. Like we still have to have a substance use conversation in our communities now more than ever, because even the pills are being fentanyl is being put in the pills now. Right. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff that people are taking like quote unquote garbage pills it could be laced with anything. So there's still a there's still that kind of public health conversation that, that we need to have. And, and unfortunately, you know, his death, while being really it's unfortunate for me, it did it did kick us back in. And I do see I've seen some initiatives in, in certain cities, DC, particularly Baltimore, because these are places that we that you know people know that while we perceive the face of heroin to be white, we know the reality of many of people in those two communities, particularly, they still have a higher percentage of black folks using and dying from heroin, right? Mm -hmm. Like when folks are overdosing, that's a silent death. When if a guy gets killed on the street in a gun battle, right, that's not silent. We have, we pay attention to that for a variety of reasons. If a person overdoses in that house and a 52 year old person overdoses, that goes silent, even though from a public health perspective, it's equally as dangerous, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was like just, that's one thing that I think we need to grapple as a community with that. Two, Michael K. Williams, it, it appeared to me that it's almost like a Nipsey hustle kind of thing. Like once he once he physically returned, you just saw picture after picture after picture after picture of people with him, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it made it that much more powerful because, again, we're in a time where there is a trail of pictures and of interactions that people have with people. And it's not like if some a, a star died because of something, a star died because of uh, substance use 15, 20 years ago, and you only had the pictures from the concerts, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, every time someone walks down the street and someone says, take a picture, we now have that experience and very, very clear, like very similar how Nipsey Hussle, everybody had a picture of him. Mm-hmm. And so he was like the first hip hop person, one of the first people folks to like to die and just have just like so much of a media trove. And then that creates like a uh, an experience trove, an experience circle that um, Michael K. Williams was very similar. Um, And then the last thing I think I'll say about him is that he was like a a true Renaissance man. I think people forget that he got on the scene by being like a dancer in New York clubs, right? Mm -hmm. So this wasn't, you know, he became trained. He went and got training 
and got into the, you know, got into deeper in acting, you know, by beating Tupac, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he met Pac on a movie and, you know, Pac inspired him to get deeper into the craft. But prior to that, he was a dancer um, at all the clubs, right? And so you see the, there's a, a clip of him dancing at the uh, Louis Vega um, house festival like a couple of weeks before he returned. And one, it's just, it's just great to see black men be joyous, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes the world doesn't let us be joyous and sometimes we don't let ourselves be joyous, right? Yeah. Um, and that, that expression of like dance often allows people to be joyous. So to see that as something, but it also made me realize how he was a dancer, he was a thespian, he was a philanthropist, you know, he was all together, just good dude. He had television shows, like, you know, like he did so much um, and really captured in some senses the zeitgeist of the time we were in from being Omar to Vice Network to just everything. He, Chalky White, which I think was done as good as Omar, frankly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that his role of Chalky White, you know, Again, that comp- well, Chalky White was a real person, but also that composite of, you know, a black uh, sporting man during those times that often we 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 can forget that in the times of the, of the mob leaders that there were black men with power in their communities as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you know his his portrayal of Chalky White was a uh, spot on historically as I looked, I dug a little deeper. Mm. Um. And uh, yeah, that whole unique Atlantic City culture. And, you know, I think we we have talked about it on here, just the idea of like folks who went for that resort culture and then black folks who came to work in the resort culture. Mm-hmm. And then you had black folks who had access to money from working in the resort culture. So when black folks banded together in Atlantic City, they it meant something. Um, and, you know, that you, you know, better deny just traditionally what that what that looks like um so yeah just say you you know just those things man just um yeah like i said the salient thing for me is like how do we how do we tend to want to deal with multiple public health challenges at one time right um if it's covid if it's murders if it's you know all of it and i think we just have to have a vision of an ecosystem of 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 our community's health and wellness that can take multiple things into account at one time. So yeah. Well I think and um I mean just to add on especially around and I and I don't know if it's a a kind of a byproduct of the advocacy, you know, the, the emphasis on sort of um repair to those who have been harmed by the war on drugs right um and and kind of our current you know policy environment and conversation um specific you know more specifically around your marijuana cannabis pardon me cannabis (laughs) uh, legalization and and its movement around the country and and eventually it's going to be just legal at federal level you know i mean it's going to take may not take much longer but um as like a byproduct of that, the discussion about drug addiction. Like, I don't, right. I don't you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. no, I don't know right. if it's an unintended, you know what I'm saying? Because it's obviously, I mean, obviously we also have the side train of sort of the opioid 
crisis happening, but it's almost like that's happening as this other thing, <laughs> like this other thing that's about like corporate now, now is framed almost as corporate malfeasance more so than as I said, you know, just in, from my perspective, it, the, the framing of the conversation is more like corporate, corporate malfeasance as opposed to like drug addiction, which is still a human, you know, and substance abuse in general is still, it's still a, a human public health issue. <laughs> Um, that is, and I, and, and I think, you know, substance abuse is the right way to, to start with it because it's everything from things that are 100% legal, depending on your age, you know, like alcohol to whatever right. other substances that one can become That's addicted right. to, right? It's still a, a public safety and public health issue, <laughs> you know, in our right. community, in our country, um, you know, and around the world, I would say, you know, it's a feature of the human experience is, you know, how we engage with substances and why and i think you know dialing down into um our community i think people that work with people you know battling substance abuse are still are very tuned into it folks that are working in you know concurrent services or other things that in that still impact that but i don't feel like it's um elevated up uh, you know, I guess into a, a larger conversation now, and I think there's some, you know, some probably some, you know, at least off the top of my head, some good reasons for that. It is one of those things that, um, well, at least here I would say, we recently had a a state measure passed uh, to to take some of the cannabis taxes after like the certain distributions that could go to funding the building of drug treatment centers because there's not a lot of drug treatment facilities here right not yeah. definitely i think most places probably don't have enough spaces where if someone is you know really wants to get you know they're trying to get clean that they can go you know for you know however you know three months or whatever amount of time right is, is needed um to get you know to get some stability so they can you know find their path um, among other, and also even sometimes just having you know culturally specific services, services that are close to your home, you know those sorts of things. That, like most places, but I know here we we don't have sufficient services anywhere in 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 the city, nor in in rural more rural areas. Um, and so and so it was a big deal on that level. So I guess you know that's still out there, but I still don't feel like people who are not directly connected to that community think about it the way maybe when we was kids it was like drugs don't do drugs like it was everywhere right like, right right they know right. like you know what i mean whether you you know you know and it also may be a product of sort of the the, the inadequacy of the say no philosophy <laughs> of, dr- of drug uh, drug prevention yeah right that like it's just people so let's just not talk about it. like please don't do drugs but if you do you know we you know you know, and, and then there's probably a positive side to that too, in terms of uh, trying to attach less stigma to folks that are dealing with, you know, struggling with addiction and trying to stay either recover or stay in recovery. Um, right. But it's just something I think to think about. You know, when we, when we do discuss um, public health needs, challenges like you know, substance abuse, and something that's always been a challenge and a threat of substance abuse is you don't really know what the hell that stuff is. Like, right. like you, you know, they the dude told you it was just, you know, it was just some base, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, and then you, you know, even um, the, uh, you know, many different times, 
you, you was told it was just cannabis, and then you found out they were spraying, you know, heroin. Roach spray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or the goddamn roach spray on it to give it that extra smell so you light it up and think that you was doing something. Right, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what the hell you, what you're, what you're, you don't really know what you're taking into your body, and then you can have where, you know, this, I mean, this fentanyl thing is, is really ill. Like, that, you know, it's, it's, it's affecting our, it's affecting our community, it's affecting a lot of communities, you know, and it's a weird, it's a, it's a challenging, I think, conversation. I would say like, well, if they could have got clean heroin, you know what I'm saying? It would have been fine. Like, you know, that, 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 you know, that probably doesn't come off the tongue <laughs> as like the, the solution. Right. Um, but it, it, it is a reality that, you know, a risk within, you know, use up even back to, you read about, um, you know, before prohibition, you know, which you're also talking about generally the production operation of, of alcohol where like, you know, people, you know, whoever, somebody make the batch bad, you know, you out of here, dog. <laughs> you know, you, you get, right. I think they know what they're doing, making some moonshine, so to speak. And, you know, then you get, you know, you, you, you ever heard about your uncle so-and-so? Yeah, he went blind from, you know, from a bad batch. Like, but that was a real thing. Like that wasn't a, yeah. a theoretical, like people really, fall out you know what i'm saying because so it's, it's it's a strange you know it's a challenge it's, it's an interesting angle to think about it but i think that the salient idea that we don't always talk about addiction in the same way um and in reference just to the to the, to the brother you know a lot of times when when folks once folks you know are battling addiction it, it is a it is a lifetime thing that usually folks need to stay aware of you know what i'm saying we we know that from many you know all of us got obviously let me speak me me and you we got folks that we care about you know what i'm saying who, who've come out of addiction you know what i'm saying and, and and work in daily to stay clean stay healthy you know what i'm saying and have to remind themselves and understand that you know what i'm saying we got um you know but i think a lot of people most people got a family member maybe super close maybe not you know some closer than others you know, from a parent to, you know, a beloved cousin or uncle, you know, who you, you experience your life with that person, with them trying to, you know, stay clean and, you know, be like, oh man, where's your, where's your uncle so-and-so? Oh man, you know, he's, you know, he's off, you know, you know maybe you had to tell you that he's like off doing some kind of job or something, but in right. reality, he was off in addiction and right. cared about him. You loved him, but it wasn't much you could do. You just had to hope that when he get a, a, a moment of clarity, that he could find some help, you know what I mean? And then, you know, in the family, want to then what integrate, bring that family member back in. Like these are still features of our community um, that we've, you know, not all, not everybody's family, but, you know, a lot of people's family have tried to be compassionate to their family members that might have been going through that. But then also it'd be like, yeah, you can't come through here no more. You tried to steal my damn stereo or some shit. You know what I mean? Whatever you did. You, know what I'm you, you just know. dated yourself. Try to steal my damn stereo. Damn now, speakers, now, you know what I'm saying? Now, now your stereo's on your phone. Right. right. <laughs> no, no, I find because I hit them behind my speakers. Like, you know what I'm saying? I wonder if kids hear that record. But they'd be like, speakers? What's a speaker? How could you hide sneakers behind a Bluetooth speaker? Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. A kid now, like, was it a big Bluetooth speaker? It's like, <laughs> damn, children, they're just a different world. You know what I mean? World. But like this, you know, I mean, even now, you know, like that friend I grew up with, you know, what I mean? stole, stole from me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cut due to his addiction. And, you know, I, I, I still care for him and wish him the best. Um, next across paths, but also, you know, 
his challenges with addiction made it hard for us to stay connected because I couldn't, you know, I just can't keep real, couldn't bear the weight of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a real thing still for us. And, um, you know, so, you know, I appreciate it too within that though, like the overall level of compassion that I saw from the, from the, from the community, like from people speaking about it. Cause mm-hmm. like, it's like, like I said, I think in a different time, you know, I'm sure there's some people that had some terrible comments somewhere. If I went and looked for them, like, you know, in the comments of, of you didn't have to look for 50 cent. You ain't had to look far. Oh, okay. Yeah. But exactly. they had, a, they had a, they had a street, they had a street issue. So, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Exactly. They had a lit. Yeah. Leave so, it to 50. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> leave it yeah, to fifty yeah, to have a, yeah. have a, a, a what was our rule? Twenty percent of black men is oppositional. <laughs> yeah, at all times, at all times. The, <laughs> the Trump, so, the Trump rule. Twenty percent ain't never gonna agree. They like, oh, man, I'm gonna go to. What you trying to? Like, you know, what I mean, they just disagreeable, disagreeable. Say, like, well, there it is. So, um, you know, what I mean, like that. But it, in general, there was a lot of. It wasn't like it, it was people like, damn, like. I wish he, I wish he could have survived through that to be better later and not, you know, that's what you get. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard, and I, it's a I hard guess, day. I guess I just think, you know, to your point, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we're humanizing it, that we're not othering it, mm-hmm. but in humanizing it, we also have to know that it's human. So mm-hmm. it's not just, it's happening to people, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, Okay, yes, he's famous, so that's one thing, but it's happening to people who are dealing with these challenges. And if we're not open about that from a public health perspective, um, people are going to continue to to die, right? Like it's 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 a, it's a real thing. Like people are going to die because we're almost deciding there's another public health issue that's more important. Right. And I think that's for me just in this space, because I think um, and, I, and I'll, I'll be short here. I When we look back and think about our communities and you think about like, again, going back to our conversation before we got on kind of dense communities that many of us had origin stories in and the whole idea of like these bustling black inf- like bustling black streets and neighborhoods you also had people of all kinds outside so in the 60s 70s even 80s and 90s right different drugs but you had this idea of like whether it was substances whether it was alcohol cocaine heroin or crack right you had this idea that you saw the you saw people in the throes of their addiction right Mm-hmm. In our current time, you don't see people in their addiction as much, right? So unless you live certain places, like you don't see people getting high outside anymore, like you would at one point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that that's another reason that this idea has retreated, right? Like outside of places like Baltimore, where you still do see it, certain places in DC, certain places in Philadelphia, like where you still see you know, and even LA and Skid Row, but you see people outside actively in addiction, right? Actually dealing with substance use. I think it has, once it went inside the house, it it left our view, right? And as it left our view, it became almost like less important for us to focus on. And as our communities have changed and you don't see it like that. So yeah, and, and 
the pandemic in a, in a unique way, though, actually brought it back outside because now you start to see a lot of folks who are um, without addresses mm-hmm. and without homes. Now you start to see the confluence of their challenges and you definitely start to see more folks who you're clear that there are also some mental health and substance use challenges at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was uh, when I was up top in, in New York, you know, New York is open, but New York's a little different than New York was, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because now, you know, the whole, you know, the folks without addresses are dealing with drugs and selling drugs. Like it's just more in your face than it has been in a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing the same thing here, see the same thing in other cities. So, you know, we just can't forget that that is still public health and public safety and that folks in their addictions are going to, it is going to have an impact on public safety. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't mean I have an impact on public safety, like the possibility of a 40 shot, of you know, 40 shot shootout, right? But that does have an impact. And so just us being aware of it and being able to be thoughtful around it is just something I wanted to kind of highlight as, as, uh, as cities and people, communities, more importantly, and families and people, but also as cities go through these changes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, it's a good, good, good point to bring up too. Cause I think, um, I mean, I think even, to a degree, sort of maybe part of sort of almost the, because the, there's, there's been most cities have had a pocket, had a pocket somewhere, right? A couple pockets where you still had to like, oh snap, it's real active over here. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you might right, pull up right. and had that, um, you know, whether it was real or not, the way I perceived as a kid, where it'd be like, oh, it's active over there, it's active over there. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here with my grandfather, <laughs> Mr. Roosevelt, and I'm like, right. I'm like. You know what, what the hell's going on? Like, we, how long are we gonna be out here? I'm just standing. There. I mean, I all day at this guy. You know, you know, we'd be out there hanging with you know with the old dudes, and and then I'm looking around the corner. I'm like, yo, there's a lot of activity going on around here. You know what I'm saying? And people dipping down corners and you know walking off, you know, hastily <laughs> together. You know the infamous saying? walk off. The infamous hasty walk off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying the, the hasty walk off is a, is a like. You know, I think, like I said, I think for people who've never seen it, like you know, they might go like, "Oh, that's like, you know, they they may they may detach from." It's like, no, 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 man, they that person is about to go get high, like, and 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 they are and they're, or they're about to go get high together. You know what I'm saying? Or you know what I'm saying? And and it's a it's a weird it's a it's a phenomena that makes you look at people in a way that like with a kind of an honesty, um that is, you know, it, it does something to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's good or it's bad. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, it, you know, but but it makes you look, oh, oh, okay, all right. And like, I'm aware of what's happening with them. I mean, let me, let me keep pushing. You know what I'm saying? Um, And, you know, and, and just to, you know, one other, only other thing I want to touch on uh, about the brother too is, you know, seeing that he was someone who was beloved by like by his community and that I mean like like by the very community in Brooklyn that he was from. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That like people right. knew him and cared about him. And there's a lot of times I think um and and I think a lot of I think folks emulate with this that sometimes we have members of our community who who are struggling, you know what I'm saying? Like I said they're dealing with their challenge of addiction, but they're still also a beloved community member who like 
you know, when they're when they're selling or whenever they 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 are and do things, you know, for people or treat people in a certain. You know what I mean? That like these, I would say, in our youth, the tip of the voice was, you know, at least, and I think there's probably still a strong contingent that would look at it this way: that when someone is in addiction, that they somehow they also are themselves devoid of a certain level of humanity. Um, oh yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying, and 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 I would say, you know, in our community, that is not necessarily the case. It's definitely people who, who feel that way. Um, but you know, by and large, um, you know, people. I mean, I mean, I have to say it. There's people that that struggle with addiction their whole life. That my life would not be the same <laughs> if not for them. Right. Right. You know I mean, and and so you know, I I I I mourn. I grieve. The, the the pain they lived through right um and and then they had to endure and 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 I, and I think it's important to to remind people that most often when folks become engaged with substances they're not necessary it's not like they they woke up one day and it's like i want to do something to myself that makes me feel good because you know like in a you know i don't know some sort of deviant whatever you like you just someone introduced you to it it was around you it you thought of you know i mean it used it was a whole at least in one time i would say was it like i guess it had beat the beat poets right like you know because they're yeah. white folks uh, but that whole aspect with where folks were like i did heroin because i i heard the jazz dudes do it and i wanted to be like the jazz dudes but we agreed that we treat that from certain people with a different a different we treated with some sort of uh like compassion like oh he was just trying to be like his you know but when yeah. it comes us it's like you 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 mal you you deviant well, you, you, well it also you, lo- it's the location right it's the location mm-hmm. and timing and framing like yeah if you heard charlie parker got high and you wanted to play like charlie parker mm-hmm. so you got high because yeah. you thought he played otherworldly because he was in another world right yeah. <laughs> like or I want to be like Jimi Hendrix. I'm going to take some psychedelics and shit, right? Right, right. And, and so to your point about like people who are pursuing a sometimes the level of virtuosity, mm-hmm. right? And that started their their climb or, you know, and obviously people who deal with these challenges from a whole host of things, I think in our more recent, and I mean that last 50 years, I'm going to call it recent, idea of of substance use is always framed with some degree to your point of weakness or deviance mm-hmm. right because it's like oh you got hooked on heroin you sold heroin they got hooked on heroin right so i think that idea of getting higher on your own supply in our community mm-hmm. started to frame people as less than less less worthy right right Right, less deserving. Like you, you were on top. You sold dope. You sold hair when you sold cocaine, and then you start using it. Why'd you get weak? Right. Mm-hmm. I think now we're in an interesting place where, with a lot of these, we're not calling it addiction, but a lot of these opioid folks who are addicted to opioids, right? We're just calling people a pill popper, or you know, mm-hmm. take too many perks, right? So we've almost humanized it to the point of we we did almost like a 180. Mm, mm-hmm. We went from 
demonizing certain people because they got high on their own supply to because it's so present in the music and present in the culture, treating it as very normal. And then then we only only bring it up when somebody's getting too skinny, like, you know what I'm saying? Something you, oh man, they're getting too skinny or they can like Mm. pop it to be perks, like, you know what I mean? And you can even see it in some of the rappers, frankly. You're like, okay, you you need to put some weight on, right? Mm. <laughs> it's it's clear you're spending a lot of time, you know, with syrup, and then the resulting seizures. But I think we've we've normalized it. We've we've like written that into our current conversation about those drugs, not about the other ones, right? Mm. Not about heroin. Not about you know, co- you know, uh, crack. You know, you don't see that as much, but we haven't. We haven't made norm, and I'm not saying the normalization of the opioid stuff through hip hop is actually okay. I was quite quite the contrary. Mm-hmm. Crack's still out here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Just people case know. Yeah, yes, but it's definitely still, diminished. Yeah, there's people still selling, selling and taking crack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think that the idea of like, how do we really just get to this crux of like, there are people still dealing with these kind of challenges. Um, and having compassion, seeing them and elevating the scourge to a place where we're all also getting resources to be able to engage it. So it's mm-hmm. not just like a, oh, OK, you just OD. Like it's no because, we, you know, we have been compelled to not just treat, oh, dude, my man got his head blown off like we talked about. Right. Like we, we're being compelled not to think about you know, in intercommunity violence, intra-community violence, right? Or proximity violence. Where we have been, we've been compelled to say, hey, no, treat that, treat that person like a human, right? In the mm-hmm. same way, we got to think about being humanizing the the, the lives of people. So all right, all right. so um this is a closing thought I'd say, man, like one again, you know, respects and love to you know his uh to 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 okay Williams, his family. Um, those that knew him, loved him well, knew him better than 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 myself. Um, and and thank you, you know, for his contributions, you know, to to the creative world. Um, as something that some of you may not have watched, that I thought was actually a pretty good ill show. Uh, it's a show, uh, Happen Leonard, that's on Netflix. Um, it's 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 based on some I think these books from some like they're like in Texas, and it's like him and his white cat, they're like best buddies, but you know got like all the racial stuff of like the 80s because they're they're set like in the early 80s okay. so it's pretty, it's pretty ill kind of ill show like they got the second season is this whole the whole the whole heart of the show which just for those that don't know how long it took for segregation to change um is like them having to go help uh the sister who's a lawyer with a case in this town that's still like basically like a yo you black don't don't be down here right in in, Sun, in the 80s sundown town yeah yeah like in the 80s on some real like yo y'all gonna be down here i don't know you should do that type shit you know what i'm saying and just you know like it's a pretty ill show you know it's got some you know i'll leave it you know to you those that would watch you know what i mean you know don't you don't like it don't like it that's cool it's your business, but I'm just saying it, it's a kind of ill show. And um, and generally, man, you know, you know, take the best part for yourself, man. Try to, and, 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 you know, if you if you never watched The Wire, you know what I mean, maybe go watch it. You know what I'm saying? Grow up, 
know what I'm saying? Stop being a booger eater. You know what I mean? Get out of here. <laughs> right. Grow up and watch good television. You know right, go like, watch The Wires. I tell me about Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. I'm going to say it. I'm a Breaking Bad hater. I ain't never watched it. I just couldn't get into it. I'm just saying. Anybody got a problem with it, I'd be happy to talk to you about it at some other time. But just putting it off, out there. Offline. <laughs> yeah. Because people, be, they be going, no, but the Breaking Bad is the one. I'm like, nah. I'm like, nah. I'm cool, man. Y'all got that. But anyway, I'm, uh, I digress. So, um, yeah, unless you got another thought, we can uh, we can make. No, nah, no, nah, we're good. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, so the other item, and, and I, I and I'm gonna frame it this way, you know, with love. Um, you know, we 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 are both at the at the middle of the of the. Well, not really actually at the middle. We're actually in the. We're still on the first half of the young old man. Old young man, world. right? We're we're right. We're the old young men, yeah. Yeah, you know I'm saying because we're not the you know, young old men yet. Yeah, you know I mean, but we're getting, you know, and, and and three of artists that would, you know, would be our contemporaries, our peers of our our youth, um, you know, put out new 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 records, um, that have a, you know, but I'm going to affectionately discuss as old man rap, um, but you know, only in the context of. You know, at our at our youth and our time, we didn't really have a we didn't have no parameter to think that somebody's still rapping. You know what I'm saying? Thirty years later, you know what I'm saying? Like, or or closer to thirty years in the twenty. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you're speaking of Common, uh, Az and Nas, and um, you know, I I'm, I'm not asking anybody to get too deep like into particular records. Although I got to listen to all of Common's record and all of Nas's King Disease too, and I and I'll say for the record. You know, I've had mixed emotions about some of not Nas's ability, but my actual enjoyment of his records. You know, what I mean, for most of the last couple of years, where it's like, ah, oh, like that song, Nas. I don't. I mean, you rhyming good on this song, but I don't really like the song. You know, what I mean, type time. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this record. Like it was, it was like it's a couple joints on there that obviously, like, is anything that I like more than others. Um, but my my general thought was that like at least through what the material I've gotten through, I think all of them have created, like they did, they really made like a couple, there's like a, like, yo, this is like a dope contemporary, you know what I'm saying? Hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't, you know, it ain't too, it ain't too mellowed out. You know what I'm saying? But it is definitely like, I'm not a 24 year old dude that might still have trouble managing, you know what I'm saying? Staying in your upper cerebral cortex as it pertains to my, 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 my feelings and emotions. And I've also seen things like I've seen stuff and I've raised I have kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't have kids. I've raised kids. Like my kids ain't my kids are in the twenties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the way you approach the world when you end up realizing you still is going to be around when you're in your twenties, you might not really believe you're going to be here, you know, at getting closer to 50 than the 30. So, um, you know, I, I don't know how well, I mean, it seemed that people really was in into it, but I, I don't know how they measure records effectiveness these days in terms of sales or I guess it's clicks and spin. I don't know how they do it, but I, I enjoy what I've listened to. And also, though, from a genre perspective, like I said, sort of, you know, somebody rapping about stuff that I that I can relate to in real time still, um, you know, it's kind of refreshing. Um do you have any uh, thought or anchor, you know, a point where you'd like to depart? You know what I'm saying on, on, on that. Yeah, you know, I think you you make a really you make a really good point about 
one, uh, I'll kind of start with your last point and go to some other ones. I think the idea that we're at a point of hip hop and, and that we should just be okay with there's there's it's all hip hop, but there are subgenres, mm-hmm. right? There are very specific subgenres of the art of the of the music. Um, and that doesn't mean because you, to your point that we're kind of getting to the right in the middle of that young old man, old young man place in our lives. That doesn't mean I don't find Little Dirk interesting at times, right? Because I'm black, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm black and I see black stuff. And so, you know, it is part of, it is part of the experience, right? Like for me, and I could argue, oh man, it's just bad music. Uh, I mean, you know, shit. Everyone thought Run DMC was bad music. Now we think it's classic music, right? Times, mm-hmm. you know, like there's stuff that in the 90s we would have thought was not good. I mean, it is it is really important for folks to think about that in people, including us, bashed the hell out of some of Bad Boy's music at a time. And now do not, and now that same music is perceived as much different than we than we talked, mm-hmm. we thought about it. 25 years ago mm-hmm. so i know time moves like that right so i'm not you know yes it'll it'll remain to be seen does anyone want to listen to the the baby or you know i think little baby the baby can rap better but little baby i think is a kind of more comprehensive artist um for what that's worth but you know so but we had these subgenres now and we should treat it like that. And I think you should be able to go listen to the hip hop that makes sense to you. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> that's what you should go listen to, you know, like the Ja Rule, Joe, Joe, uh, Fat Joe versus kind of showed that like Fat Joe went the locks route. Right. And then Ja Rule just did all of his songs with Ashanti and Lil Mo, you know, Right. <laughs> but they're clearly hip hop songs, right? Like, right, right. You, you can and, say whatever you want to about Ja Rule, but that's a clearly a hip hop song. He's clearly a hip hop artist. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, we're at a place where we just need to let all those function in the same way. You, you know, you go to a fan reunion and your uncle wants to listen to blues. Somebody else wants to listen to the Dells. Stay in my corner. Right. <laughs> Somebody else want to listen to Luther. Right. And the kids want to hear whoop, there it is when we was a kid, right? Or you right. want to hear, like, or you want to go downstairs and put on some old hardcore hip-hop, you want to put on Red Man, right? <laughs> like, we, and and that is the uniqueness in, in stuff of, in the blessing of Black music. And you got one, you know, your cousin upstairs who actually likes Bad Brains and Fishbone, who nobody, I mean, he up there listening to that rock. You know, that ain't, that ain't us, right? <laughs> you know, right. where now we'd be like, now, again, history now would be like, you know, black people started rock and roll, right? <laughs> Where at some We're point, very diverse, creative people. We do, many, yeah. Many now songs. we now we say that, but you know, it was a whole bunch of cousins, and they had to stay up in the attic because they liked uh, Terrence Trent Darby, or you know, <laughs> you know, fine young cannibals. Um, you know, instead of listening to the you know, listening to Biz Markie, right? So. But that's where I think hip hop is now. Hip hop is like a reflection of black music on that level. Like all of it's relevant. The the albums you speak on, I think are important because I think it was getting difficult for a set of people, a demographic of people to locate themselves 
in the music. Right? So if you are in your late, your late 30s, early 40s, even going into your 50s, um, and, and trying to really uh, write it down, text me. Um, if you, you know, are that person and you're trying to be like, okay, so how do I fit in? Because little baby and foreigns and, you know, big chains and, you know, these dances don't get to you, right? But at the same time, you're not just, you just don't want to go to every old school review, right? You just don't want to go see Chubb Rock, Big Daddy Kane, Rock Kim uh, perform at an amphitheater, right? So there are people who were kind of in between those places. And I think that the Nas, Common, AZ uh, albums, uh, I also include kind of, he didn't come up with something recently, but I include Black Thought, like in that space, right? Or like the hip hop that's not running from what's happening currently, but also isn't trying to be what's happening currently. And I think that that's a, that's it. That's important. So even even if it's almost like one dimensional, the idea of of Nas being like we're doing brunch on Sundays, right? Well, mm-hmm. we know if you listen to a whole bunch of little baby and you're really out there in the trenches, not people who are posers, who you know, because we got people, you know, I think we talked about this before, like you got trap everything, right? Like trap yoga. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll say it, ain't no such thing as trap yoga because trapping is selling drugs. And using an abandoned house with your eye, with your head on a swivel from cops and people who would take things from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no relationship with that in yoga. Those are diametrically opposed. <laughs> right? <laughs> like that it ain't nothing similar between that. So, you know, we have this whole culture of like trap yoga, this, that, and the third, like, you know, but that's you know, that's a different yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah, absolutely. But but for for the context of like yeah, there are people in their lives. What are they doing? They're going to brunch, right? They're going to meet up with other people who are like them, and that's what they're doing, right? And that's part of their lives, right? Um, you know, the musical backdrops of much of King's Disease 2 and Doa Die 2 particularly are really relevant to kind of the sonic interest of what happens when you don't want to hear the same trap beat, but at the same time, you don't want to break dance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So I think that they, and you know, in common, um, I've heard parts of the album, but I was able to hear his freestyle on uh LA leakers, which definitely kind of indicated, if you will, like a return back mm-hmm. to more like, you know, kind of the traditional common that we know, or mm-hmm. as people say, the return to, of to common sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I just think it's an important place and just shows the in, in our community that, you know, folks can be different. And I think also the fact that these are like grown, we call grown man rap. And that also means different things in different places. Cause I think some of the battle guys think that they say, they would say they're doing grown man rap. I think Joe Budden would think he's doing grown man rap, but I don't necessarily want to listen to Joe Budden rap anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I would prefer to listen to him be a, a podcaster. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I just think it's like it's good for us to acknowledge it, but also good for younger people to bring in the fact that, yes, there is a part of our music that is not 
so dependent on youth. I think we built on this before, like hip hop has been framed as so dependent on young people, even though we know that's not who's driving it. And frankly, that's not even who's making decisions about it anymore, right? Any, any executive at this juncture in any label or any kind of power position is over 40, 45 years old. I mean, you got obviously some people who are, but there are older people making these decisions about this music. We can't just keep locating hip hop so within youth mm-hmm. that it becomes so transactional within that. So, you know, I think folks should try to go listen to all three albums. Um, you know, it, it, it's an important place. And if you're at a place in your life where, you know, brunch matters and, you know, uh, <laughs> your particular kind of, you know, the particular choice of cocktail or wine, you know, is, is not sold on the front shelf at the liquor store. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, I ain't going, I ain't going, I'm not going to oversell it. I'm just saying if the things that you tend to enjoy are things that, you know, don't come with a commercial and don't come with an advertisement, you know, at the liquor store on the east side of Detroit, then, you know, give, um, give, you know, get those albums a listen. Indeed. indeed. And, um, I mean, one of the things I will, you know, say just to 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 the subject matter on the records, these like I said, what I've been able to get the time to sit with so far. You know, it, it is a it, it it's it's a it's a good thing, I think, for music to I remember I think I think I mean, we definitely were in conversations when we were younger, like even with the way that we related to older music, right? Than than our time, right? Like, did we actually listen to it? Were we in tune with it? You know what I mean? And the idea of what is still something that exists is sort of like the, the, the classic rock station, like in a town where you know they're playing the or in an area, right? And they're, they'll be playing you know ostensibly music from the seventies, eighties, you know seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties, and that's it. Even now, you know what I'm saying? And like they might let you know, they let a Taylor Swift, I guess, a you know, this or that slide in there. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, right. Um, you know, the the framing of the the degree to which we look at the way people create music. Um, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a sense that it's become it's still important, but it has changed, and you know sitting and, and 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 kind of seeing some artists you know just just something that i still remember like where you would put in like oh they did like oh they did like 15 joints all right cool man like i'm gonna sit here and see you know let's see what they what this project like what the whole record sound like not just you know i got a single with you know this person and or i did you know you know that it's some kind of cross platform you know creative event now i guess you know juxtaposed at the same time the dudes that's that's younger but not that much younger uh and kanye and drake uh you know had you know their how they you know handled the release of their new things and the and the, the real or imagined uh conflict between them <laughs> whatever that may be right it, it's just an interesting juxtaposition um to me in terms of like we, I would say, we both fight him more of a time where, like, you artists that was have a record coming out, you might hear a couple songs, 
you might have heard them on somebody else's record, you know what I'm saying, or or freestyle. Really, we really probably would have heard them on a mixtape. You know what I mean? We were just like, oh, I heard, you know, that's you know, that's yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be coming out, you know, and then you'd be waiting. Then they you know would come out, you go get the, the tape or the CD, you know what I'm saying? And you'd be like, all right, man, I'm gonna listen to this, you know what I'm saying, and, and see what they what they talking about. You know what I mean? And that's still a thing that I enjoy, like idea-wise. Like I still in my head, that's how you should sort of release music, although that's not how music happens anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least not in that that quick. Like, you know, somebody still might put out 10 records, 10 songs at one time, but they may or may not necessarily be have any relationship to each other besides that you put them out. <laughs> like they're not, they're not created or formed in the same way that as a commodity, the, the the album, you know, to the tape, to the CD created this idea that like, yeah, you put, you know, the project and there's some sort of cohesive theme and the other thing. Like we've had a lot more of the like, you know, and I am added an EP or a maxi, a maxi single, but it is a, a different thing. Um, so, you know, I thought it was, a, you know, you know, kind of cool just that have a, a bit of Raji nostalgia like oh, I'm, I'm gonna listen to this record while I do, do drive to run these errands you know what I'm saying so I could hear the, the hear the songs and um that that not being something that's normally you know quite frankly part of the way that I engage with music anymore like I just I'm mostly engaged in music while working out you know what I'm saying or maybe while doing you know some other task um, not necessarily, you know, which is often driving, <laughs> not just like sitting in the crib, like I right, put the record on, I'm gonna sit here with my notebook and, and think about myself, you know what I'm saying, while listening. Um, any uh, things like just front of records, any, any uh, particular points or thoughts that you want to make sure folks you know, tapped into? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I do think the musical. To your point, the the musical consistency and the importance of it, of these projects being seen as a cohesive, um, a cohesive product, is important, right? Because when you have folks who are like, "Listen, I got to get spins, so I got to get a single because this is what I got to do to get people's attention," and then I got to do a song for the, you know, that whole that whole kind of breakdown that started in the the nineties, where here you got to do a song for the ladies. You got to do a song for down south, or you had to do your West Coast song. You'd have Nate Dogg on your uh, hook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as we've talked about, I think Black culture has become to the point where it's just all an amalgamation at this juncture. So you don't really see that as much. You just see everything kind of sounding the same because everyone's ear has been attuned to the same sonic space as well as much of the same messaging, right? Mm-hmm. And even the same street organizations or same uh the same slang for things has all become like one right mm-hmm. so knowing that hearing being able to hear albums that like you can tell they definitely made to have to have them flow a certain way was was like refreshing um two you know I, I, with all of them i you know rappers are not my leaders mm-hmm. you know so I don't want to overstate kind of what they're saying. And to your point, it's kind of almost like I didn't get it as a kid, but now I get it where like at some point, you know, there was a time where you went home and listened to Cold Train or listened to like Sun Ra or like Ornette Coleman, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you listen to somebody playing hard jazz, right? <laughs> Going in. And it was a, there was a space where something like Kenny G and Marcus Miller and those kind of, that kind of music made sense. 
I'm coming yeah. home from work. I, you know what I mean? Like, you know, sunrise singing space is a place. That's for like Sunday morning or something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's, no. that's for that's for like a concert, right? So in the same way, none of them are necessarily saying stuff. I'm like, whoa shit, this is deep. <laughs> right? It's 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 a dope contemporary hip hop in that sense of like you can put it on. There's a couple lines that were relevant to something that matters to you. You know what I mean? And you can like listen to it. So I do think there's a space of it that's like, while all of them are lyrically sharp, and and in some senses, I mean, Nas is, is always he's he's always cursed by the idea that like you can never call him at the top of his game because he did Illmatic, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can never say that like, oh, Nas at the top of his game. So it's like, is it better than Illmatic? <laughs> but yeah. but for being twenty, you know, for that album coming out twenty seven years ago, <laughs> right? Right, he is still performing mm-hmm. at a high clip for for AZ for Common. They are still performing at a high clip, almost thirty years into their art, right? And I think we do need to frame their music like that. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we need to frame that these people have been making music for thirty years. So we think about Snoop. Like obviously, Snoop doesn't write none of his stuff anymore. Newsflash for anyone that likes <laughs> Snoop, right? Like uh, you know. I know Snoop is now a cultural impresario, right? right like right. he he is not a rap writer, right? Um, but I think Nas, Common, and and AZ, for example, are all still actively writing what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. And so to think about 25, 26, 27, close to 30 years and still being able to do it and then do a music that is relevant to your station in life is important. And it's important, I think, for all us as a community to acknowledge that the music can shift, but also that our broader understanding of culture can shift to the time we're in. Like, we don't have to be so focused on the past and we don't have to be so focused on the uh, this like overarching idea of like what's presently hot that we can't create um, diverse interpretations and explanations of, of who we are, so. Mm. All right, that's so you know, one thing I, I will add in, in, in a closing um, to this conversation, I think for me is just you know, um, as it pertains to creativity, and I think even t- touching back to um, Michael K. Williams, is that you know, sometimes when you're young, you don't have the expectation that you're going to be doing whatever you're doing, like for a whole life. Right. And that is, you know, if you are if you are in interested in or enjoy being creative in some sort of way, whatever way that is, that may shift and change over time. You might dabble in other things. And that's that's a good thing. Like a life, you know, life lived is going to have a lot of turns and twists and, you know, but you can still be, you know, you know, if, if you sang, you keep on singing. You know what I mean, if you play an instrument, if you you draw, you write, you uh conceptualize in some other way you know what i'm saying that we that we would receive as a creative product you know you know you, you just you know give yourself time man no don't, don't don't feel rushed and then on the uh on the other side like um as a, as a consumer of art that like we're just you know i've become very aware that you know it takes time i didn't realize how much time it takes to stay up on stuff when when we were staying up on stuff because that's just what you was into you know what I'm saying? Right, like when right. you get into other stuff, you be like, "Oh man, I, I ain't, uh, I you know, I haven't had time to track that that particular 
you know, you know, thing that was happening in the culture, so to speak, as they say, the culture, you know what I'm saying? It's happening in the macro society. Um, so, you know, you know, give yourself a little bit of grace if you ain't listened to, you know, whoever's record or you don't know who that is. Like, you know, there was a, some, some person when, I mean, one, the Met Gala happens every year and I never know nothing about it till people start talking about that the Met Gala happened, right? And then right. there'll always be somebody they show a picture of and I'm like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> no idea. And that's what, and I know what I go for myself. I say, I don't care. It's cool. I don't need to know who that is. Like, if I need to know who they is, you know, at some point it'll it'll come up. You know what I mean? And um, and saying that to say that, you know, what people create, what people offer us, what they leave, you know, becomes you know, the the, the thing that you can use to to connect with them. But if the, if you do produce something, you know, what I'm saying, if you go out, you know, instead of then you know, um thinking about making something go make something <laughs> go go, mm. go go write some stories or read some books or do some plays or do some sort of you know daring feats or whatever it is that it is that you you felt people needed to see like be about the doing it and eventually you know to one degree or another we'll, we'll see it you know what i'm saying and, and i'm appreciative that you know um you know in light of the amount of artists and 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 kind of public figures that we've lost and let have, have returned it's, it's peace to see you know what i'm saying some public figures and you know just brothers adding some adding some old you know some, some, something else for us to think about you know to the to the to you know to the uh to the cultural trove so you know appreciate it take the best part so raji that's all i have to say <laughs> got anything else for the good of the order or let us go. Uh, I think you finished it up right there. You close, close the, close the door. You <laughs> no. said you close the door. <laughs> but with that, I would say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Thank you to you, the listeners. Um, good Brothers is one leg of um, creation and activity and conversation and all sorts of things but as i am moving through on the transitions that we spoke to briefly in the last episode i thank you for sticking with us uh, as always you can support the podcast by sharing uh, by going on the internet uh, wherever you listen and rate subscribe you know um, leave a review hit some stars all of those things you can also support by becoming a patron uh, it's still if you look up Justice Raji on the Patreon, you will find uh, the same what was called Ask Your Old Head, and it's still Ask Your Old Head to a degree. But anyway, we'll leave that for another conversation. In any event, um, become a patron now. Um, you know, don't miss the window, don't miss the opportunity. Um, you know, as we keep making this thing grow and I bring more of your way. Um, that's all I got. So I thank you, appreciate you for listening. Uh, be safe. Peace.